until it was told to me that a man is in this environment where where it's just the Sodom and Gomorrah, where, where it's just the disrespect, it's the, you know, make up your own picture. It's everything that you don't want to have happen. It's all of the influences around and someone comes and, and realizes how he is in this situation. And what he does is he goes out to try to change it, it seems. And he, he's, he's in the face of this situation calling it out and away. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? That he's literally kind of facing his fear about this situation in, in a way of speaking. He is, he's stepping into it, standing in the face of the ones who are, uh, rejecting the ideas of those who are doing. And so finally this friend just says, man, look at here. How long you been doing this? And he explains that I've been doing this for a while. This is ongoing. And he says, by now you've got to get that you can't change these people. You surely, you're bright, you could have figured out that they're not doing nothing different, are they? And he said, oh, I'm not trying to change them. I'm trying to keep them from changing me. And somehow that struck me because so often our attention is on trying to fix it in a way so it doesn't impact me. When our adventure in faith is calling us into an awareness that what is ours to do is to trust that the divine expressing as us is exactly as it should be. And that our work is to not let that change, to let that expand. I don't know if y'all really get how that is. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to take you very quickly though to Proverbs 29 and 18. And, and I want to share two different versions of that. Maybe, maybe I, I have it on a slide, so maybe if we if we put that up for you, that might be helpful as well. King James Version is the one that we are, my senses, most of us are the most familiar with. It says that where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So essentially in that, the, the short of it is that without the vision, without the divine awareness, without the clarity about where I'm headed, I perish. And that tends to imply that right where I am, I'm kind of useless, that, 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 that I'm not making any progress, that in fact, my energy devolves in absence of vision. However, it's contrasted with, but the one who is keeping the law, and it'd be important to understand that the law, first of all, is love, and it's an engagement of the expansion of good, for that one is in a higher vibration. It says happy, that would translate. Anybody happy is in a higher frequency and vibration. But look at here. In the American Standard Version, though, it says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Oh, that gives another little taste, doesn't it? Restraint would have something to do with discipline. They cast off. No, <laughs> Folks used to say, I know you know better. <laughs> it would be casting off the knowing better. It would be casting off the restraint of whatever that is that would stop us from going where we know it doesn't serve us to go from saying what we know it doesn't serve us to say, from doing what we know it doesn't serve us to do. It's that level.
of discipline that's also referenced in 2 Timothy. So look at here. I, I keep bringing you back to what uh, Halford Luckett says, that where there's no faith in the future, there's no power in the present. So I'm wanting to overlay those two, Proverbs and this quote, because it's bringing us back to the sense of faith and vision on our adventure in faith. We must maintain, we must grow, we must expand our faith, and we must also be clear about our vision. I know that in Imagining Justice over the past two weeks that they have been focused on visioning for what happens next. What happens next? I know we're in this crisis situation, but we know this is an opportunity, and so we are determined to listen and to see and to sense beyond the moment so that they can see who and how are we to be on the other side of this. Somebody has to hold on to the other side of this to know that indeed no mistakes have been made in God. I know we don't like this. I know that, I know that it is causing grief and pain for many. I know that it's bringing some folks to their knees and, and beyond. They're just laid out in fetal position. I understand that I'm not at any moment, regardless of what I say, know that I am not taking this lightly at all. I'm not asking us to pretend like this isn't happening. I am asking us to hold it in a different light, to perceive it, with a as a different experience for us to perceive what is ours to be and do. No mistakes have been made in God, including this current experience. You know, I, I, I need to remind you that this is the most loving thing that we have done as humans. To stop doing what we want to do the way we want to do it, on behalf of those who are, who are weaker, who don't necessarily have the immune system to withstand us doing whatever it is we want to do, wherever we want to do it, however we would choose to do it. I hope you're understanding the shift that this is. Here's the thing that is, is important for us to remember, to remember that we already know this, and that is that pandemics tend to accelerate history so that in a pandemic what might normally uh, take 10 years can happen in a week any y'all who are working from home now who asked them two years ago can I work from home for a while I have special circumstances. Could I please just work from home? And I know you, I wasn't even there, and I already know you were told it's impossible. We not set up for that. It can't happen. And yet overnight, y'all were sent home and given whatever was required so that you could work from home. That tells us, see, I'm not mad at them for not having done it. I'm just saying we now realize that we can do more. But often we won't do more until we have to. Can I just tell you that our controller recently just busted me likewise because, you know, I've been kind of a holdback. I hadn't been putting any resources around live streaming. In fact, the, the truth is I was going to have a little meeting to say maybe we shouldn't even be live streaming. Okay, I did it. So 
just authorized what for us is a major expenditure so that we don't have 16 laptops strung together with tape. And we're looking at our controller when I was trying to see how we, you know, the money and the shit. And he essentially said, you know, what we weren't willing to do for ourselves, it looked like God is making us do. So I'm like, I get it. No mistakes have been made in God. That we are all in a place where we must look and see, how does this serve me? I brought y'all last week, Dr. Howard Thurman, who with the glad surprise was saying, when you are laid out, when you look up, expect to see the staircase. The one that, that if you take it, it lifts you, it removes you from this and takes you in, that you're right in the perfect spot. I know it's painful. I know it's difficult, I know this is a crisis, and I know it's an opportunity as well. That's why I'm here to remind you that this is an opportunity. So look, while, while we are looking at it this way, we are also calling on and relying on the power of our affirmative faith, our compassionate awareness, and our empowered vision. I'm gonna say that again because I'm wanting us to, to trust and know that we can rely on the power of our affirmative faith. This is an adventure in faith, come on, ride it. Our compassionate awareness. So we see what's going on, but we see it through kind eyes. We see it through loving eyes. We know that folks are doing the best they can even when we know they ought to know better. There's a way to balance our compassionate awareness and our empowered vision. Last week we, we sung about expecting a miracle and seeing the invisible. We've got to be able to, to see beyond the effect. It's empowered vision that we're calling upon. Here's the thing. Historically, these tragedies, these sudden events, disasters, economic collapses, pandemics, wars, famines, all of that has changed everything as we know it in very drastic ways. Remember, no mistakes have been made in God. If you're young enough, so that this is the first time, like you didn't live through 9-11, you didn't, I'm, I'm just saying there have been some things that we can draw from. We don't have to act like we have to reinvent the wheel every time because every time we're in a pandemic, every time we're in a crisis, when we're in a major collapse, first thing we know to do is to come together. We know that we are better together than we are apart. But at the end of it, we somehow forget, we get amnesia, we start separating and looking at one and not the other and can't be there. But when something happens, we have the good sense to come together. So I'm not trying to pretend like this is karma because I don't believe that and I'm not saying it. I didn't say that. We're just going to take that off the little videotape and all that. So I didn't say that. Here's the thing. There are always... Are the pandemics, everything I just said is a trigger event. 
And when trigger events happen, and they happen to us all the time, there are, are folks who have been in abusive relationships, and they've been in the relationship, the friends and family questioned it, and then there's a moment. It wasn't about the friends and family saying anything, but there's a moment, there's a trigger that that person can see themselves free, and they move. Mother Harriet, in getting, the, the story is told as we understand it, that when she realized that because of certain circumstances, she was going to be sold into the deep south from which they believed they never saw anybody again, a trigger event for anything, any how I got over story begins from a trigger situation. So this is our trigger. This is our trigger event, COVID-19. So what we gonna do? How free, how liberated are we going? What systems are we going to engage? What systems already exist that we can draw from? Mother Harriet did not invent the Underground Railroad in order to get away. She utilized it. She engaged it. She had to trust. It was a show enough adventure in faith out of all adventures in faith. Am I making sense? Yes. That there are systems that are already in place to support whatever must happen next. And there are systems we must put in place to support whatever must happen next. Come on. Not another child hungry. Come on. Look at here. When we talk about trigger events, and I am so grateful for the way that legislation has happened and the, 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 the uh, what are the checks called that people are getting? Stimulus. The, the stimulus checks. And, but you see, go back, what, two weeks, two months? You don't have to go back far before that was ridiculous. Socialism at its worst. But when, when you have a trigger event, we see more clearly. We see the order in the universe. We see the connectedness. We really do know what's required. I'm just trying to say that just like we, we could get this done now, what it says is we could get it done. Mm -hmm. If we just saw the circumstances under which God is the gravity that holds it together. See, if, if we could just see within the situation and circumstance and see the kinds of solutions we've come up with. Folks get to work from home now. Oh, yes, somebody. Mm -hmm. There's also the, excuse me. Oh, Father, Mother God. When we think about that some landlords either by their own generosity or by ordinance. The forgiveness, the allowance, the, the banks with loans, the credit unions with loans, the, what it says is we could do this. Mm -hmm. We can be more civil. We can be more understanding. We can be more gracious. We can be more generous. We have the wherewithal to do it. We just have to see ourselves doing it sooner and under other circumstances. You see, we can bring our own trigger into being. COVID-19 has appeared as our trigger. We want to make sure we use it in just the right way. I invoked just a moment ago, just by, by, by reference, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In today's reading, Marianne Williamson um, offers us this, and I, I couldn't resist putting these two things together. She says, God has given me my identity. You see it on the slide. God has imbued me with infinite potential. Come on, be here with me. God has provided me with the opportunity to change my thinking in an instant. God has given me the capacity to love. God has entrusted me to live in the light of his abundance in any moment of my choosing. And none of this can be taken away. Why? Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but instead has given us exactly as Marianne Williamson has detailed. We are more empowered than we know. And we have the benefit of this current trigger empowering us, inspiring us maybe, to generate from the most unexpected places the next wave. This is a social activist dream where so many people are available. Let's start using our smartphones in smart ways to organize in ways that can be beneficial. Let's use the social media platforms in ways that can be beneficial for organizing massive groups of people for the higher good. Let's see what that looks like. We've seen what it looked like too, to engage it for less than this. Let's see if we can't flip the script and see how we can engage social media. But first of all, tap our own hearts in a way where we are moved, where we are motivated, where we are inspired, and we encourage each other to do something different. I'm going to end, if you will, where I began, with Mother Harriet. And lifting up the quote is that I'm calling upon, I had, she said, or is said to have said, I had reasoned this out in my mind. That has something to do with that conscious compassion, compassionate consciousness and awareness. I had reasoned this out in my mind, she said, that there was one or one of two things I had a right to, either liberty or death. And she chose liberty. And in order to choose it, she was engaging her vision. We saw that in the film. And I think, and I'm not, I'm not talk, I'm not presenting it as historically accurate. I'm presenting it as useful to your imagination. That we got to see somebody using her imagination for vision and belief in freedom and liberation. I don't, I'm not concerned right now at all about historical accuracy. I'm concerned that we use our imaginations for something other than fear. That we begin to imagine a way through, a way out, a way over. And to remember that there are viable systems 
in place for us, just as they were for her, Underground Railroad. That's a real thing that even exists today, to support folks in ways that they don't even know they can be supported. But they've got to step into the opportunity, into the request. It's the empowered vision to see ourselves free. Here's the call to action. My challenge to you is how to put viable systems in place that support each and every one of us in relieving poverty, improving health. You know, we don't really, we call it health care, but we don't have a health care system. We have a system of medicine and pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and that's not what I call, it has its place. I'm not saying tear that down. It has its place, but it must go hand in hand with authentic health care. Establishing that for all, and there's something about transforming what we now call food deserts. Here's my concern. By the time you have a term for it, it has existed too long. See, I want that to be the thing that we're like, uh, uh, uh. But, uh, we don't even have no term for that because it hadn't existed long enough. It has existed long enough and in enough places where we now have a term that when I say it, everybody understands it. Mm -hmm. I want us not to understand that. I want the next generation to not have any idea what are we talking about. That's an oxymoron, a food desert. I want them to be calling us on that because they do not understand what we're talking about. There's a local, San doc a local doctor in San Francisco, and I'm just excerpting something that she said. We've got to remember, I'm quoting Ricky Byers now, we've got to remember to remember, here's what she said, start a practice of imagining the world the way you want it to be. Start imagining the practical steps and how we can make it that way. Let's put the slide up because I don't know how to pronounce her name. And this will, if some, somebody does, so I'm just going to. But she says, start imagining the practical steps in how we can make it that way. Come on, Mother Harriet, help us out in discerning where we're going to go first. How are we going to approach this? Who will we be with in this? She says, we will need to build together after this passage. And it's going to pass. And we will, need to be, we will need to build together. So she says, start planning now. I say start practicing now. Start practicing being together. Start practicing loving and accepting. We don't have to understand it. But we can accept. And in our acceptance, I find in my life that acceptance offers me a place, a launching place. I get why scripture says, don't lean on your own understanding. At least here's what I make up, because by the time I understand the thing, people are tired of me trying to work with. 
But if I simply quit trying to understand it, bring my history, my path to, to somebody else's, I got to understand it before I can allow it to be. Really? Try it from just a place of acceptance. What if I just accept this? What if I just accept her as she is? What if I just accept him, that that's the way they do it, that that's the way their mind works, that's the way they see it? And I ask that they accept me even as I see it in a different way. She says to us that we will need to build together now and after this passes. And so we begin to lay the groundwork now. This is part of that. This has so changed in many ways how I see heart and soul and what it's to be. And I had a clear vision. But look, something happens and we begin to shift that. I think families now have a different sense of how to be together and what arrangements they want to have in place and, and, and what different things can mean in different roles. I think that organizations will begin to put different things together and different opportunities. On the other side of this, it's going to be a new normal. And let me just say what you already know. Everybody ain't going to like it, just like everybody didn't like this. Or what we had before, there is never going to be a time where everybody's going to like it or agree. We can bring our divine acceptance to what is. And it is from that that we could begin to make the change. Mother Harriet is said to have said that, you know, she had freed so many people and the jury is out on the exact number and you would expect that that kind of underground railroad trek doesn't include record keeping on exactly how many. But she, whatever that number is, she is said to have said that she could have freed more if only they'd known they were We can be more. If only we'd known that we have sold our souls to fear. If only we realized how much we have given up and just settled for. That'll do. That'll do. As long as I get my little piece, that'll do. What did she say? We will need to build if only we realized that we are one. So look, the truth is we are one. And we are interdependent as humans. It's the way we're designed. I know you, we got to do this thing together. If I know that, we all got to get busy. Come on now. And for heart and soul, part of what's up for us right now is, is an investment in how we can best serve you. And so I'm going to ask you, you know, Revelo is going to speak to you about 
gracious giving. And I'm just going to say that now more than ever, I ask that you give generously. I know there are a lot of demands, a lot of requests, but each one, according to their willingness and how they see the importance of this, I ask that you give. And then after Reverend Angela presents gracious giving, we'll have another beautiful selection from Takia and then I'll be back to pray us out. And I'm going to do this thing to me because there's all, we try to save a little something to send you off into the week. Reverend? Thank you, Reverend Andrea. Good morning, beloved community. I am so inspired by where our sister Sonia Russell started us in prayer. She said, we are called today to expand our hearts and to expand our minds. And I'm going to extend that by saying we're also, we have an opportunity to expand our love through the power of giving. At Heart and Soul Center of Life, we know that we live in a spiritual dynamic of giving and receiving because that's the way life works. It's the nature of all life. And we are benefited individually and collectively by giving in three dimensions. Giving of our time, giving of our talent, that gift that only we can bring, and by giving of our treasure. And so we have many ways in which we can give to Heart and Soul Center of Life. You can mail a check to us at 1142nd Street, Suite 100, Oakland, California. You can give online at the Bitly address shown on the screen. And you can also set up uh, your gift as being recurrent, or it could just be a one-time gift. You can even text to give right on your telephone. Text to text the word give to 510 500 5849. The ways in which you give right and perfect for whatever your circumstance may be. It is absolutely important, however, that we always participate in the giving game because as we build the spiritual muscle of giving, guess what? We're also building the spiritual muscle to receive in ever-widening portions. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity at this time. And there are systems we must put in place to support what happens next. Thank you, Reverend Andrea, for that reminder. At Heart and Soul, we also have a tradition of blessing our givers before it is given, thereby um, extending uh, the goodness of the gift into the world. And so whatever gift you have, whether it is a physical gift that you plan to put in the mail or a um, gift uh, an electronic way of giving, I invite you to simply place your hand on your heart and let us recite blessing together. I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church, and throughout the world because I know God has source and 
from the law of the divine unfoldment of one. I want to just remind you that we have a very powerful class beginning on Saturday. Sonia told you about it. It's the spiritual principles and practices. It's six weeks of exploring proven practices that bring spiritual principle into action, allowing you to manifest a desired goal or intention. Again, it begins this Saturday uh, at 9.30. We're asking that you, well, first of all, you must be registered in advance. And my sense is, and I apologize to the adult education ministry, that this is the first time we're doing this, um, that you will not be able to join the class once it's in progress. It requires too much setup. And I'm just realizing that we had not announced that. You must be, if you're going to take this class, you must be registered and start with the class because we're not going to permit people to join it once it's in progress. We're going to start it online and we'll see what unfolds in terms of the state uh, shelter in place order. That will determine it. But it's from 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. That first class, you must be there by 9.15 so we can get you set up on Zoom protocol, etc. Alright? Uh, once you register though, you'll get all the information. No, no worries. On Wednesday, Imagining Justice, still going strong, just in the virtual version of that. We're looking forward to Souls of Women Media with Damali Robertson on practicing Ho'oponopono. Be there. This is exactly what's required for such a time as this. Absolutely, to bring our love and forgiveness around it. It's a soul-centered conversation about forgiveness. Y'all can already feel how important that would be. I'm gonna ask you to continue to find us online. We are, we're doing our best to send out things within our community, but you can also go to our website, you can find us on Facebook, you see the slides. You can see all of the ways that you can engage us, and I'm prayerful that you will. Most importantly, at this point and in time, is prayer. So prayer is available 10 minutes after we complete the service. There's a dial-in tele teleconference set up available to you. I encourage you to take advantage of it. Also on Wednesdays at noon, there is also prayer available in much the same way. When folks tell you there's prayer available, can I just tell you, run, don't walk. Get thee to the prayer. Um, I'm also going to be sharing with you ways to support. There are two businesses in particular. Marcus Books um, here in Oakland that we have concerns around who have been supporters of ours since our inception, and we have been. So we're going to be working to discern a way that we can share with you how you can help us support them. Yes? Also, likewise, I know this could be an odd one, Kingston 11 has likewise supported Heart and Soul since we began in ways that are very atypical for a, um, for a restaurant. But... They are our friends, and they get that we are up to the same thing. And so we're going to be sharing with you very soon ways that you can support us 
in supporting them as well. In the meantime, it is from a place of absolute gratitude and thanksgiving that I just give thanks for this opportunity, this opportunity to be together in the way that we are. There was a time in our recent history when this would not have been a viable option. So I'm grateful that whatever had to happen to make it so that in this moment we could be together in whatever way, shape, and form that is across, across multiple platforms. Do you hear what I'm saying? Across multiple platforms and multiple ways, some folks are looking in their hands a phone the size of their hand to see the Sunday service and engage. And others have it projected on widescreen televisions and everything in between. The key is that all of this gives us an opportunity to remember but that, that there's only one of us here. That we are all divine and perfect expressions of the one. That I recognize that right now there's one life and that we are all living it, even as it is living each and every one of us, that there's one divine breath and we are all breathing it, even as it is breathing us, that all of this unfolds in a way that we must remember to remember to give thanks for the very life that we are living, that we give thanks that those who have transition during this process for, for any cause or reason. That we give thanks that they were in our lives, that they blessed us in some way, that they leave behind a, 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 a vision, a mark on our heart, a, a knowing that we would not have had otherwise. Oh, I'm giving thanks for life eternal. However it shows up, however short it cycle, however long it cycle, whatever the cause is that takes it from this plane, I give thanks that I have the honor, the pleasure, the blessing of the divine interaction, I give thanks. Oh, today I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the few people in this room that are making this possible for Heart and Soul Center of Light. I'm grateful for the systems that are in place that we can see are changing in more humanistic ways. I am grateful that we are in receipt and, and expressing gratitude and working to expand that so that everyone is safe and accounted for in all of the ways that matters, that matter to humans anywhere and everywhere. Oh, living one, I give thanks. I give thanks that I can stand here this day having sense enough to be grateful. To be grateful for even what I don't know. I'm grateful for tomorrow, and I may not be here for tomorrow, but I'm grateful that there will be a morrow, and that someone will step into the void. Oh, I am grateful for the divine unfolding of good in every possible way. There is so much for which I am grateful, that I am accepting, that I am forgiving, that I am knowing and 
engaging. There is so much that I am envisioning, that I am literally stretching for. Oh, it is an absolute perfect gravity for the ways that we are together, for the ways that we reach beyond what we know now in our expectation of miracles. We are living in miracles now as we expand our consciousness for even greater, deeper, wider healing and the divine revelation of life eternal and oneness right now everywhere. I give thanks. I let go. I let the divine work this out. Releasing this word into the perfect activity of law, I accept it as so. I know it is. I ask that you might join me in sealing this for all eternity by saying, Amen. Amen. And so it is. And so it is. Ashe. 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 Thank you, Tammy Hall. I want to remind y'all that Tammy Hall is giving us the gift of brilliant music and her consciousness. Every Thursday evening, 6 to 8 Pacific Time via Facebook Live. I'm going to ask you right now so she doesn't have to. Give generously. You'll have a tip jar. I'm asking you now. Tip my sister. We already know that whatever she brings is always right on and beyond what we might have even expected. So let's act like it. Let's be generous. And Tammy, I'm going to ask you to treat us to a little something right now to take us out. Would you please? Thank you very much. Tammy Hall. Thank you. This is the chorus to a song that I composed called Only Love.